podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. We're looking at creative habits. Is it the aha moment or is it the habit? In our first podcast, we'll be talking to Antrice Wood. Antrice is from Southern California, but she's been living in Argentina and she is a painter who used to work for Disney. meeting my my future husband and eventually moved to Argentina we got married and um, so we both live here in um, a place called Via Carlos Pass which is um, almost dead center of the country and um, after I had been in Argentina for about a year um, we got married and I sort of thought I just was thinking that I hadn't really taken advantage of the fact that I was living in um, a foreign country and I wanted to find some project or something to do um, that would help me understand the country better and um, and be something that you know like a, a big project that I could tackle so <laughs> I came up with this idea of traveling to all 24 provinces in the country and um, sort of painting my way around the country. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a huge endeavor, though, that, that, <laughs> to take all that yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it is it it's a really big country. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I've, I've learned that. Um, yeah, it's the, everything about what I'm doing right now has just been... Um, <clears throat> just massive I, I tend to um like I come up with these really big ideas and I kind of just go for it and um kind of once I get the momentum going I don't I don't stop I just I will just keep going until until I finished it so <laughs> so with this project I came up with this idea and I was like hey wouldn't this be cool and my husband you know hasn't seen me in that like really um kind of uh just super focused mode of I'm going to do this like really big thing. <laughs> right. Right. So I think, I think it kind of halfway thought that I, I wouldn't, that it was a really cool idea, but that I wouldn't, you know, either be able to do it or I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, like I think mostly it was the, is that we, you know, like when I, when I came up with the idea, I didn't even know like how, how do you even go about doing that? Right, um, right. And how far along are you now? Because you started that how long ago now? It's been almost a year. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been it's been crazy. Well, the, the first thing I you know the obvious thing was um, how to finance it. So um, I did a Kickstarter campaign um, and just. Basically pulled all the punches <laughs> that I could think of, and um, and got the project funded, which was just you know, and I didn't. I honestly, when I when I started doing the Kickstarter campaign, my idea was okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. And Kickstarter, the way that Kickstarter works is you um, you create a campaign, you create this, you know, your project, you come up with what you specifically what you want to do, and you give a deadline, and then you and then you start. Um, the fundraising process and and the way it works is if you don't you pick your goal and if you don't reach your goal nobody gets charged and you don't get a dime 
so when I started, I thought that's perfect because if I don't make it, then nobody gets hurt. <laughs> you know, like, but nobody, <laughs> you know, like if, if somebody, if, if my friends are, or, you know, like people are giving me money and I, and I, and I can't pull this off, then everybody gets their, you know, like nobody even gets charged in the first place. So, so it's all great. And it, and it was really theoretical for me. And then, um, um, when I got halfway through it, suddenly it just kind of became really real. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, I kind of, like I said, I just, I just, once the momentum goes, I just go for it. So I had, you know, I had contacted my university. I had, um, my, the newspaper where I used to live did a story on me. Like I, at one point I just realized every single person that I know knows I'm doing this. And if I fail, it's going to be like the biggest failure where literally everybody I know is going to watch me fail. And that kind of, you know, helped a little, that realization, um, was I think probably the extra push to, to, um, the motivation you needed to just kind of kick it into gear, huh? Well, to keep me going on it, because the, the thing with the Kickstarter, um, Kickstarter campaigns is that um, you, <clears throat> I think people think that if you do a crowdfunding um, campaign that you, you make it, you come up with a project, make a video, throw it up there, and then everybody throws money at you. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it was like, you know, fortunately I I'd, I'd, um, kind of read up on it and got some really good advice Somebody that from somebody that said, you know, it's like, it is a full-time job. And it was like, I was working 12 to 13 hours a day for two weeks leading up to the campaign. And my campaign was five weeks. And during that time I was like up at six o'clock in the morning and in front of the computer writing letters, <laughs> doing stuff until, you know, for about 14, 14 hours a day for the duration of it. So by the time it was done, I was so exhausted, yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, we did it. Yeah, I definitely had the conception that, you know, you just kind of set it out there and you let the, the audience decide. But I didn't realize, you know, all that that uh, work that you put into it to get get it to, to happen. So so it was a success. What now to do that Kickstarter campaign? What do people like from from their end? What do they get in the end or what or, or is it just the acknowledgement of the support of your of the craft? You well, I mean, in my case, what I did was I, um, you know, f there was various tiers for um, various tiers for it, and um, basically, people would get a painting for supporting some sort of a painting. So there's there was like a small painting, like a you know a, a mini watercolor, all the way up to you know full blown <laughs> giant paintings, um, and you know postcard, you know whatever anything I could think of that would. And, you know, be a, what I felt was like a generous reward for what they were, for the, for them supporting the project. Right. Um, you know, so it was, it was lower than I would normally charge for things and really like trying to give them a really good, um, reward for basically believing in me because it was such a, it is such a big project. Um, and you know, people were giving me their money based on, you know, faith alone. And that wasn't something that I was going to ever take for granted. Yeah, definitely. So it's you now it's been a year into, you did the Kickstarter campaign and that took a bit of time and then, but, but that's been a year since you did the Kickstarter. Is that right? Or 
Yeah, it's been a year since I did the Kickstarter, and and yeah, and like I said, it's um, the 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 project itself and the learning curve on it was. I think, you know, with as with most things that I do, I don't know when I'm going to learn this lesson, but but <laughs> if if I think if I'd known how difficult it was going to be when I started, I don't know if I would have done it. Like I I think it would have scared me. <laughs> so, I think it's good that I sort of like I that I have the personality where I, I kind of dive into things, but then I'm also kind of like a bulldog with it that once it might take me a while, but once I make up my mind that I'm going to do something, there is absolutely nothing that will get in my way. <laughs> <laughs> like I will, I will just, you throw obstacles in my way. I'll either go over it around it or dig my way under it, but I will get through it and keep, keep going in the direction that I want to go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Argentina is a really different co- country than the United States. And, and what I, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I wanted to do, which was to learn about the country. And there's just huge differences between um between the regions and also how i perceive um how i perceive things i don't know how, yeah, it's kind of like you you have these assumptions of how things basic things should be and when they're not that way it can really throw you off and those are some of the things that um was made the project really um really challenging um like <laughs> do, you, do you have an example of like something where that that happened or where it uh where that worked or yeah it's um well there's there's it's like an onion so i mean there's so many layers to to this but um well i'll tell you what i did today today i was um getting some of those rewards ready to to send out um but there's this kind of obscure law in argentina where you can't you can't. Well, like most laws in Argentina are this way; they're a little bit arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's like if you come from the United States, or your you know, it could also be my personality that you know, if somebody tells me that this is the way things are, that this is a rule, then I I, I accept that and I'm going to follow that rule. But uh, one of the things I've learned from being in Argentina is that rules are kind of just like suggestions, and you 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 have to learn how to get around them or you will never do anything. So, um, you know, one of the, the quote unquote laws or rules is that you cannot, uh, in order to mail artwork out of the country, um, you have to, it's really, it's very strange. If it's above a certain size, you have to take it to a government authorized, um, um, person who puts a value on it who says okay we think that this painting is worth x amount of dollars pesos whatever then you then that person (laughs) then you're supposed to take that person is supposed to sign you know sign up like in triplicate whatever you know this statement that that they've they've looked at this artwork and they've put this value on it and then you have to go get that notarized and then you have to go take it to the government bank there's a government bank here, which is another thing that, that kind of, there's a bank that, there's a national bank. You have to take it to that bank and then presumably pay a fine and then get all that stuff notarized and then you can take it to the post office and then they will mail your work. <laughs> wow. That seems quite a lot of hoops to go through. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, you know, I mean, those and those are like that's that's an example of some of the things that you would never think about 
as as standing, you know, like when I'm planning this project, when I'm trying to figure things out, I would I would never have thought about that. <laughs> right. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You think, oh, I'm just going to mail it. I'll just go to the post office and pay. Yeah. And you think, you know, like for, for, for <laughs> us, if you go to the post office, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you 20 minutes. It's, it's, you know, it's at least an hour and a half. At a minimum, it's an hour and a half to go to the post office. Because wow. um, <laughs> you're, you know, standing in line because they do a lot of other things there. And, and it's, you know, like, um, I don't know how the DMV is where, where you are, but they're often ridiculed in California for being the most inefficient government office in existence. And um, I would say that compared to what I've experienced here, the DMV is the most efficient office I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, that definitely puts it into perspective, and I'm sure everybody can identify with DMVs everywhere being pretty much the same way. You know, if you yeah. get there early enough, you might get out by midday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it's kind of like that. Like um, I don't know some other things. Like um, outside of Buenos Aires, um, the the they honor the siesta. So between about one o'clock and five o'clock, almost everything is closed. Including restaurants. <laughs> right. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you know, and that's, a, yeah, I could get used to that, right? Yeah, unless you're, you know, you're traveling and you need to find, a, you know, like it, between one and one oh, and right. five, nothing is open and they don't need dinner until 10 o'clock. So that's like oh, wow. been another, you know, you know, these things and you learn, you know, if, if you're here long enough, you learn them. But those are, you know, just things that, that when you're, traveling or when you're you're going from point a to point b and you can't always like be specific about when you get get somewhere it's like the little things like that that will just that just really um it's not that it makes it so difficult just you realize how different life is that that's something that you find insane (laughs) like to me insane that a restaurant would close at one o'clock in the afternoon and not open again until like eight (laughs) right so you not only, I, I mean, you, you have your usual, you know, the artistic um, side, the motivation, you know, to stay artistic throughout despite having ups and downs or whatever. And then you've got the cultural things that go on. So so how do you how do you stay motivated, <laughs> you know, through all that, you know, because you've got those obstacles plus just, you know, producing on a regular basis, right? Um. Yeah, I think for for me, it's just um, the project itself is so amazing. I mean, I'm I'm talking I mean, it's I'm talking about be- obstacles because you know that was something that you know it's like what what are some of the things that you don't don't expect, right? Um, but compared to what um, what I'm getting out of this personally and artistically, those obstacles to me are just like you know like flies in my ear or something. It's like okay. How do I get around this? Okay, fine, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's it's part of actually learning about the culture because there's it's 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 really interesting to me to watch people do business here and to watch um, how things are done here and see how many. Uh, in some ways, you look. I might look at it from our perspective and think, "Wow, they, it's just so inefficient." Like. Most places outside of Buenos Aires don't take credit cards. And, you know, so that, like, if I come out, I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy that you can't use a credit card. But that's just kind of like the the tip of the iceberg. Like, you, 
the way the banking system works, a lot of times merchants don't have change. <laughs> so you can you can walk into like I've walked into places and tried to pay with you know for let you know finally find that grocery store that's open try to pay for something with a hundred pesos bill and they're like I'm sorry we don't have change and they'll just like stare you know and then it's just kind of like you know that's if you're if you're not from there you're kind of waiting for them to come up with a solution right but you're the one that's supposed to come up with a solution so that's like another one of those things that's like it's really fascinating from you know from every single angle from an artistic angle from a business angle watching how they maneuver around these these obstacles and it's sort of um there's this thing that's that they refer to as the they call it um like the translation would be like the the argentine hips or whatever it's how if you can imagine a dancer who's really just agile moving their hips and sort of getting around things. That's how they do things. That's how you get things done here. So it sort of made me look at business and look at how, um, how I see obstacles that normally I think would have maybe stopped me in my tracks before. I just now look at it and go, okay, do I go over it? Do I go under it? Do I go around it? Like what, do I wait till tomorrow when, when it walks away? Like there's a way around this obstacle in front of me and just, you know, like wh- what do I choose? Right. Is As it, opposed is it, to stopping or, or turning around. Right. Is it, is it kind of like the Thailand uh, phrase, my pen rye, which is like, you know, Oh, never mind. You know, it's just another one of those things. You just kind of roll, roll with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because I expect, you know, when I go to the post office, I expect there to be an hour and a half line. If I go to use the ATM, I expect there to be a, a line or I figure out a way around it. And, and I think that I've not, you know, like it's, it's interesting how that sort of changes me where, where before I got here, I'd be really, uh, maybe not timid, but really just like, I don't want to cause any problems. Like I'll just wait until it's my turn or I'll wait till, you know, like if this sign says this, then I must be in the right line. And now I just walk up to the front and ask, which before I would have been worried that that would have seemed rude. You know, so I'm a little bit more, um, depending on your point of view, you could say I'm a little bit more pushy, (laughs) a little bit more aggressive, or just a little bit more assertive. But, um, I think that that, um, those qualities that I'm learning from being here is, is like super beneficial to, um, to running a business and not assuming that because someone says no, that they actually mean no. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That's Yeah. It's very handy. It, uh, and then for the provinces, you, all the, all the obstacles that are just, you know, minor, uh, flies on the wall, uh, they're that way because you get inspiration from the process of, of painting in these provinces. And and can you speak to some of, of what you've seen there that kind of really um, really gets you to, you know, throw that paint on the canvas and, and go for it? Or It's, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, number one is, is, is sort of the, just the being on the road itself. For me, like, I love road trips. And... I, you would kind of think, or I would have, I would, I actually would, really would have thought that, you know, being on the road as long as I have been to to do this trip, and and you know, a lot of times we're on dirt roads, um, 
And there literally is nothing. <laughs> like, there's no sign of human beings for for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And sometimes the landscape doesn't really change that much during that time. So you can be driving across the Pampas in Patagonia for, like, a day and a half. And it kind of looks the same. But it's, to me, it's beautiful. Like, the change, you know, like, I'm seeing just, like, subtle changes in, in how in the color of the sage versus the, the, the color of the dirt itself, like the, the geography of it kind of shifts from these like light beige to reds and stuff and watching how that, you know, how the light affects and everything. And that keeps me just completely fascinated and like, you know, I, I can't get enough of it. Wow. And, um, and with the people too, like, like, um, you know, I'll just sit in cafes and have my watercolors out and start painting and painting right there. And it's, 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 you know, watching, watching how people move, how they behave and what their um, body language is, is like so fascinating to me and trying to capture that, that that in and of itself is, is what motivates me and seeing like how, you know, like the human condition like what, how are we the same and what are, what are these people really after in their life? Wow. So yeah, it's just, just, I don't get, I don't get bored. <laughs> I'll bet. It, yeah. It, so do you, you know, cause in travel you do get into somewhat of a mode, but you also are throwing these different things and, and I would think along, along the way you might be, you know, stopping here and going suddenly going, you know what, we got to stop here and paint. Is that how it is? Are you able to get into kind of like a, a creative habit or a creative, you know, or a, a habit that you can work through? Or is it just you see something, you stop and you, you, you know, go for it? Uh, you know, I did that at first um, where I would, I kind of went out without a plan and I would see something and I would just literally like stop the car and, <laughs> and then I would jump out and start painting. Um, and, and there's something really, um, spot, you know, obviously that's a very spontaneous way to do it. And, there, and there's something really beautiful about that. Um, but what I, what I ended up finding is that, that I need a routine, and if I did the whole project like that, I would never finish it because it's it is beautiful. It is amazing. <laughs> I mean, there's so much like to me. There's so much that I see that I want to capture. That it's it kind of hurts sometimes, like to have to drive by something because I know that I have to continue on. Wow. And. So, and that having that discipline, I mean, maybe that was another thing that, that I had to learn because when I initially, when I started this project, I really, really thought that I could do it in eight months. <laughs> Wait, tw all, all 23 provinces. <laughs> in eight I was, months. I was sure of it. I was like, that's plenty of time. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and I also thought when, you know, when I started it, I was, I think what I said was I was going to do 150 paintings and I we'd have to sit down and, and the last time I counted, I had over 300 and I'm, you know, like that, that I finished and I'm looking around at my walls and like my studio is just wall to wall paintings, um, that there's some things that I want to touch up or whatever on them before. Um, 
before I photograph them and get them out. But I, so on the one hand, it took me way longer, but it's, um, my output has just been unreal. It surprised me. So is that from balancing that? Do you still do that inspirational moment where you're suddenly stop, or do you stick with the plan? Is there a balance between sticking with the plan, you know, look at the map and get to a place, or how do you decide that balance, or how do you decide where to, to go and, and do that? It's a horrible answer, but it's intuition. Um, huh. <laughs> um, I, because... Um, I remain flexible enough that I can take advantage of of, um, of an opportunity when I see one, but I, I also know that I can't stop everywhere. Um, you know, a really great example of this is is um, we were up in uh, my husband and I were up in Huhui, uh, which is in all the way up in the north northwestern uh, corner of the country. It borders Chile and um, Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we'd already been gone. We'd already been in that area for about 10 days and, and, um, and it was carnival time. So it's like all the towns, even the tiniest, tiniest towns that, that are like less than a thousand people are suddenly like packed with tourists, like all, all hotels and rooms are filled. Um, so we were sleeping in our car, um, and you know, we'd taken the back seat out and made a bed in the in the back of a Toyota Corolla, by the way, which is what we've been. <laughs> those are amazing. Those are almost little four buys. But so we um, we were completely exhausted, and and it was you know the allotted the time that we had allotted for doing that section of the country was was up, and so we were on our way back, and it was literally like um, the sun was setting, and we. We were driving down the the highway, which which is asphalt, and we saw this dirt road. And both of us just looked at each other, and I don't know why, but we said we we're like, "Let's let's go, let's see where it goes." Wow. <laughs> so we we took this little dirt road, and we found this tiny little, little town, um, and, and you know, and it we got, it got dark, so we found like the one little. It's called a, a dispenser, which is like a kind of, um, like a private Seven Eleven, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so it has that kind of, you know, stuff in it. So, you know, we basically got cheese and crackers and had our dinner and, and went to sleep. And then when we woke up in the morning, there was this river that didn't have a bridge over it. And we were thinking how great it would be to, you know, see what was on the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> So we sat there for a while and watched people cross, you know, drive across this river in their cars and kind of like we're checking out the cars and evaluating, can, can we make it in our Corolla? And we and we were also um, not out of gas, but, you know, for not knowing where we were going, we had like, you know, a half or a quarter, a little bit, somewhere under a half a tank. And we're like, okay, let's just go. So <laughs> we crossed this river and we're like, okay, we're just going to go for 45 minutes and then we'll we'll turn around and, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's like rolling green hillsides. There's no indication of like where this is going to go. And we're, we're guessing that at any minute the road's just going to end. So we just kept going. And then all of a sudden it like starts going up into the mountains and it was just, just insanely beautiful. And there's, you know, like there's cows running around and there's, um, these right now I'm blanking on what they're what they're called, but they're they're similar. They're kind of a cross between a deer and a um, 
and a llama. <laughs> okay. These really graceful, beautiful animals, and and we're going through herds of those, and we're just like, okay, what's well, you know, it's any minute now, this road is going to end, and we'll, we'll turn around and we'll go back. And they just kept growing higher and higher, and then all of a sudden we get to the top of this peak, and there's just this most amazing valley below us that is I just stunningly beautiful and we both are just kind of gasping and we're and the the switchbacks to get down this thing was just unreal because you know again this is Argentina it's not the United States so most of the roads are um very narrow very steep and they don't have guardrails ah yeah okay and um, so we see a, a sign for a town that was, I don't remember now how far away it was. We were like, okay, let's just go there and, you know, they'll probably have a gas station. But even if they don't, um, you know, if we're measuring the miles in our heads and thinking like we can still get back to the town we just came from if, you know, if we have to turn around. So we're, we're kind of like keeping in mind how many miles we've driven or how many kilometers we've driven and all this other stuff. Um, but we basically, um, crossed this valley and, um, came into this little town that's built on the hillside. That's just all kind of like Adobe with streets that, you know, that goes almost completely vertical. Um, that is kind of this amazingly built town in the middle of nowhere, um, with like a river on one side and cliff walls on the other. And it was, one of those things that we're both just, you know, my husband is from Argentina. He's he's not as, I don't want to say easily as impressed as I am about the quaintness and the beauty of it. But even he was just like, I, this is just unbelievable. And, you know, so we never would have, if we'd seen it on a map, we probably wouldn't have picked it out as a place to go. But having that... Um, Allowing yourself to have that spontaneity and knowing when to use it leaves you open to having those experiences. And it was it was one of the most memorable of the trip. And especially that, you know, that drive across the valley. It was the most beautiful thing that I can I I can I remember seeing. Now, do you and using your intuition that and it's a great uh, story that validates that because there you are in the valley. Did you. Uh, take pictures then at that moment? Do you rely upon photographs or do you just rely upon the direct experience and paint uh, while you're there? Or I normally will paint on scene, but I'm also taking pictures and, and um, documenting it. I think I have. The last time I, I looked at my, um, my iPhoto book or whatever the count was, over 14,000 pictures. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I'm also, um, recording audio and, and oh, sometimes, yeah. And <laughs> when I remember to, I'm recording audio and something, you know, we have this, um, uh, what a tiny video camera that sometimes I'll stick on the front of the car. And so I've got, I've got like so much footage, but it's like, you know, I have to choose my battles and focus on, you know, try to just focus on the paintings and be like, okay, I'll do video and sound stuff you know, later, because right now, if I, I'm, I will try to do everything. So I have to be super, super disciplined and, um, just kind of take the stuff off, make sure it's backed up and walk away. <laughs> right. Right. Which is good. You're staying focused because you have plenty in there to 
do a book and more, you know, and, and along with their paintings and recordings. And yeah, I can imagine where it would be hard to walk away from that. So you get yeah. inspiration from, from the landscape and you get inspiration from the people that, that you paint. Uh, what else uh, kind of inspires you uh, in these moments, uh, you know? It's, I mean, I think everybody has their, you know, their trigger, I guess. And, and if I, if I think about what the constant for me is, what attracted me to be an, uh, an artist, specifically a painter in the first place is color. Like I love color and the way light hits the side of somebody's face or the way the light is hitting a wall, you know, like just a plain white wall to me sometimes can be the most beautiful thing in the world because I see so much color in there. Like I see, you know, little flecks of yellow and pinks and oranges are where the light's hitting it. And then, then the blues there, you know, in the shadows, there's, you know, like grays and blues and purples and, and, you know, warm areas and cool areas within the shadow. And, and that, um, endlessly fascinates me. <laughs> yeah, that's so, I mean, I think for that reason, I think a lot of people will normally choose, like I'm a landscape painter or I paint people or I paint how, you know, I paint, um, urban landscapes and I paint the colors and the light. Like that's, that's what, that's the first thing that attracts me. And then secondary, like, you know, is it a landscape? Is it a person? Is it, you know, what is it is, is completely for me, it's completely secondary. I imagine for, for everybody that's, that's different, that that's the one thing that will, that always just gets me. Wow. Yeah, the depth of perception that you have when you describe that is more than, you know, myself. I would, you know, look at something and not see the same details that you describe. But I can imagine at least if I took what you describe and I took like, let's say you're at a lake and you see a sunset go down and you're just awestruck by the colors. If you take that, what I'm getting from you is to take that same awestruckness, but you look at more details within a, just, a, you know, colors um, contrasting within, you know, a regular scene. I can see where you would, yeah, that inspiration, that's that's is how I kind of, at least from what you describe, how I uh, see it. But Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I don't know how it is for, for writers, but I imagine that there's a similar thing for, for a writer that there's there's something about the world that is endlessly fascinating to them and whether that's relationships or whether that's you know like the hero's journey or you know whatever it is i'm sure that there's a common thread that goes through that keeps them writing well i don't know but i would i would guess that that there's there's this common thread that keeps them fascinated yeah, fascinated yeah definitely fascinated that's that's definitely the word because you're you, you, when you're fascinated by you know what you're discovering then yeah that comes through strongly so well for the hero's journey itself it, would you consider like argentina your your journey like that's whenever you go out to those provinces that's your journey you're and you're bringing back you know what you find there you're bringing it back and portraying it on the painting and sharing it that way the magic of the surroundings is that your journey or is it the overall or, or is there another journey that you've gone through earlier on that allows you to see argentina in the way that you're you're seeing it 
Like, did it happen before? Is it happening now? I, I mean, I imagine for the most part it's probably both. But if there was, you know, if you had to describe that journey that you've already taken to make you do what you're doing, what would it be, the, the call that you feel? The calling, yeah. Um You know that's that's really it's really interesting. I think that that if I look back on my life and I look back on all the times that I've um, you know quote unquote done something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there's a certain that I have a certain restlessness. I have a certain um, curiosity and a need to explore for if I can narrow it down to something that simple. Um, and, and so I think that's been something that, that I've always, always had. Like even when I, even when I was a little kid, it probably came from my mom. Um, but in terms of like what is the journey that, that is here, I think, I think when I look at, if I think about this project, as a whole, I get freaked out and it's too big and I can't. I get, I get totally freaked out, scared. I'm sure I can't do it. I'm just like, Oh my God, what the hell was I thinking? Everyone's. I just look at what I'm doing at this moment. I'm completely relaxed, totally fine. I get in that flow and I'm not worried about it. But the second, you know, like the second I allow some of that self doubt to come into, when I start thinking, this is like, who does this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I mean, because there's all sorts of like obstacles. There's, you know, the obstacles that we mentioned, there's, there's still, I've been here for three years, but there's still a language barrier. There's, you know, it's a huge country and they, the, the accents here, I think Argentina <clears throat> has a wider range of accents than most other Spanish speaking country. And I'm not sure. I think part of that is because they have so many immigrants, um, but also because it's just frankly a huge country. So like, if you think about, um, you know, the United States, you have, he, the California well Californians don't have an accent but ah, right but you have like Texas you have Every place you have else. you have you know like the northern the northern you know up in Minnesota you have the New Yorkers you have New Jersey and all that and and if you if English is your native language you notice it but it's not a barrier but you have you know but if it's not your native language and people are pronouncing things completely different sometimes like just like looking at them like i have no idea what you're trying to tell me <laughs> and so yeah those are the moments where i'm just like what was i thinking <laughs> yeah i chose this huge project i chose a huge country in a foreign language with all these, you know, cultural differences and, you know, half the time I go with my husband, sometimes I go alone and, you know, and there's, there's all the, you know, the worries that go with that. And, and yeah, sometimes I'm just like, my God, what was I thinking? Yeah, definitely. So it overwhelms you when you look at it a whole, but when you 
when you're there, it's doable when, when you're doing it day by day and, and yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's true for just about everything. Like if you, if I imagine what it would must be like to start like a huge business, I wouldn't, you know, if I, if I think I'm going to start a huge business, I have no, I wouldn't have any idea what to do. But if I start thinking like, I want to do this one thing, like I'm going to build this widget. How do I build that widget? What do I need to do? What are the materials I need? What's the knowledge that I need? What, um, what's the time frame that I need? You know, that's totally doable. So, you know, it's the same thing, you know, and I imagine it would be the same thing if you're going to write a novel. If somebody told me to write a novel, I would freak. (laughs) But if you told me to write a couple paragraphs in a story, I could do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, break it down and, and, and make it, yeah, doable. Nice. Well, from your crowdsourcing to what you, you know, pulling that off and, and then being able to do, you know, how far along are you with, because uh, you're going to do all 23 and you're in, you said right now you're in Patagonia, right? How, how many do you have left or how far uh, till you're done? Um, actually, what we have left is to, the two the two most southern provinces, which are um, Santa Cruz and um, Tierra del Fuego, so, which is actually the one I'm, I'm so excited about because it's kind of like a childhood dream or whatever. In order to do that, we have to cross the Magellan Strait, and I'm so excited. Ah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have those two, but we have to wait until um, October or September because of uh, the weather. We were um, – we actually – we were – we I just got back from um, from Patagonia where I'm now um, I'm home, um, and we we basically were we were more than halfway there, and we decided to turn around um, and come back and do it again in the winter because um, for for kind of like the obvious and and logical reasons, but it took us about a month to figure that out. Right, right. <laughs> but. You know, it's it's the middle of winter in Tierra del Fuego, which is kind of the equivalent of going up to the top of Alaska in the middle of winter. <laughs> and I'm from California, and my husband is is from here, from from Cordoba, which has a very similar climate to California. So I know nothing about driving on ice. And my husband knows a little tiny bit more than than I do, but it's really like our combined knowledge of what you would need to do in that situation is like probably two percent of what you know you should probably know. Yeah, yeah. And so isolated that there's not you know like if something were to happen, there's no there's you don't have the same infrastructure here that you do in the United States. So if something does happen, it'll take a lot longer for someone to get to you. And particularly if you're that far south, the the resources are just are just because there's no people hmm. living there. So of course the you know the resources really really aren't there. And then the other you know kind of another practical reason was uh, when we were in uh, uh, Bar- Bariloche, and, um, which is kind of like the half almost the halfway point. It's kind of the start of Patagonia. You know, it was it was pouring rain almost every single day, so you can't really see the mountains. And so I'm thinking, well, we're going to go all the way down there to to this you know really famous area of the Andes chain of mountains. 
And odds are good I won't be able to see them because they'll be completely socked in with snow and, and clouds. So I'm like, all right, fine, we'll turn around. Wise choice, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, so I mean, there's a. Um, hopefully, you'll edit all this, but um, to make it more <laughs> less time consuming. But um, yeah, we made that decision, and then the, the the other last thing that I have to do is is all the way in the the northeastern corner of the country, which is Iguazu Falls, um, which is huge. It's one of the seven. Um, it's a natural heritage site. So I think it's one of the seven wonders of the world, and it's this massive waterfall that makes Niagara Falls look tiny. Huh. So we we decided like okay we'll 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 leave um, Ushuaia and Tierra del Fuego till the end till October and we'll just hop up to the other side of the country and go to go to these falls. Um, and so we got back here to Corda and um, for the first time in over fifty years they closed the park because there had been massive rains in the Amazon and it was flooded. Flooded. Like flooded. Completely. Can you, can you imagine Niagara Falls flooded? And yeah. this is bigger than Niagara Falls. And the safety standards here are nowhere near what they are in the United States. So when they say something's unsafe, it kind of makes me want to go see what they decided was unsafe because I've seen so many things there that I'm just like, wow. <laughs> they yeah. don't have the same... Um, um, right, proclivity for suing people that we do. Right, United States unsafe versus you know other places where it's more lenient on what's possible. You know, no guardrails, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, so if 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 people are interested in your paintings, the best thing to do is to get them on your website. Um, you know, you can buy directly on there, right? And, um, yeah, which is uh, antrees.com, which is A-N-T-R-E-S-E.com. Okay. And then do you have, like, you know, because you've got a lot, a lot here, do you have a section where it's, um, you know, recommended, uh, you know, like your favorites or, or anything like that? Or um, it looks like, yeah, by region, okay, yeah, the region and... Yeah, they're broken down by um, by size and by and by region, and um, probably a couple other and by and by the subject matter. So, um, cityscapes, landscapes, animals. Animals are always the fun, the fun one. Yeah, I've got a lot of stories that I won't go into. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of stories behind each painting that you could probably. Uh, that'd be interesting to have in there, but wow. Yeah, I need to, I need to, it's, it's really hard because, um, I, I love to write also, um, but there's only so much time, you know, you got to stay focused. I wish there was like 48 hours in a day cause I could totally use it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you have so, a favorite, like a, one of your, like, really inspiring locations that you've you've been to so far is it that one place that you described then right and what that place? one yeah that one um for me was was um one of the most just beautiful and amazing um places we 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 had to leave because um 
we didn't spend the night there. We kind of drove and, and had lunch and, and walked around, took some pictures, and, and I did a couple of sketches. But um, there was a rainstorm coming in, and there was, like, big signs everywhere that said if, if the river floods, it could be days before you can get out of that town. <laughs> so <laughs> we looked at the storm clouds and said, okay, let's go. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I would say that the, the places that – it's, it is it is really hard to choose, but I think some of the most memorable places were um, that area up in Jujuy in the northwestern uh, corner of Argentina and Bariloche, um, which is um, kind of known for its mountains and alpine lakes. And I'm sure um, when I get to Ushuaia down in Tierra de Fuego, I'm going to just, my heart will burst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's an, it's it's an, it's insane. Yeah, and I guess like on a you know what you're asking is like you know in terms of motivation on a project like this, it's hard. You know, it's 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 hard not to be for me not to be motivated with it. But um, I do. I have to be careful not to get burned out, and I have to be careful to to understand when I need a break and to allow myself to have that break. Um, because if I don't do that. I burn out and the paintings just aren't as good. So I would, you know, I imagine it's, it's the same thing with, with any, any creative task. If you, I think that there's this myth that, that you, that as a creative person, you, it's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you think of before you go to bed and you live it, you eat it, you breathe it. You, you know, it's like, <laughs> and there, yeah, there's absolutely times when that when that's true but there's also times when you you need to know when to take a break it's kind of like this might be a strange analogy but it's kind of like being married you fall in love with somebody and like that person is everything to you and you just want to be around like you want to be around them all the all the all the time but at some point you need a break right or you're going to kill each other (laughs) exactly so, so I think it's the same with your creative, you know, the, your cre- the creative process too. If you don't take a break from it, you can't see it for what it is. You can't see it for how beautiful it is, you know. And I would say it's it's a, it's a similar thing that you have to you have to know when to step back, and and sometimes you have to force yourself to do that. Like sometimes I have to force myself not to paint, not to do anything related to this project for 24 hours, which is, you know, at this moment, it's really hard for me to do that, but I have to do it. Otherwise, um, the work suffers. And when you take those breaks, um, do you find kind of it, you, you obviously rejuvenate when you go back to paint, but during your break, do you suddenly have inspirations and jot down like a note so you'll remember later, or is it you know, more like you're totally, when you take a break, you're totally away from it and, and you just come back and then paint. I, yeah, I see things, you know, I guess like my equivalent be like, I'm because I'm such a visual person that I'll, you know, I have like these visual snapshots in my head of, of the day, but I won't allow myself to take a camera. I want nothing because hmm. I know what I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless. I know what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. You'll just start taking a picture. Yeah. And yeah. What, I'll so, start, I'll, I'll like, okay, just this one time I'm going to take some pictures because fine. I won't paint, but maybe later I can do something off of this. Cause that's so beautiful. And no, you have to, you have to have that break so huh. that you can be creative. 
And what do you do for that break? Like, how do you keep your, like, yeah, what, what's the best? Obviously, you do many different things for a break, but what's, um, what's one of your favorite um, breaks, the things that you do to take a break? Um, right now, kayaking. <laughs> oh, nice. I'll bet there's some so, nice Yeah, right now, I just discovered this little kayaking club that's local that I can go out on, on Saturdays and, and, and go kayaking with them. And, and yeah, I love that. Um, so I would say like some, in terms of how to rejuvenate your creativity, doing like physical exercise, anything, just a walk is, is gonna, is gonna kind of give you that spark. Um, I read this book recently called um, Daily Rituals, which went through, like, the daily rituals of, of all these creatives. And it was amazing how many of these people, like, part of their everyday thing is they would get up, they would work, and then they would go for, like, a, for whatever reason, they would go for, like, a two-hour walk. Hmm. And hmm. and I think that that just kind of changes the chemicals in your brain, or at least it pulls you away from what you're doing. Um, gives your like kind of cleans your palette of creativity so that you can see more clearly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say that, that for um, <laughs> on a tiny micro level, like I will um, do weird things like clean huh. or do the dishes or something like that because it's it's not about cleaning. I'm not like a clean freak. Um, but it's about, like, if I'm overly, if I'm doing something and either getting frustrated with it or I can't find the answer to it, going to do a quick win, like, there's there's a pile of dishes, I go do the dishes, it's blameless work, I don't have to think about it, <laughs> but it's something that kind of triggers something in my mind that's like, you're, you're, you're checking things off your list, that's done, and when you have that sort of, like, thing in your head that you're checking things off and you're done, it gives you that feeling of um, your of a progression on something like, you know, like this project that I'm on where it's so big and it, and it just sometimes feels like it's never ending. Like I'll find little wins like that so that I get that feeling of progression no matter what it is. Nice. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Save the dishes for those small wins, you know? Yeah, it's kind of weird, but, yeah, gardening, pulling weeds, doing the dishes. Like, it's not about the the whatever it is you're doing. It's about finding something really tiny that's brainless that you can complete, and you have that sense of, like, it's done. Huh. And for whatever reason, that helps me. Yeah. Nice. Well, you're living it up. I, I mean... What you're doing is is awesome. I mean, I can't imagine um, do, tw- <laughs> I can't imagine taking on what you're doing, but it's very inspiring. And uh, wow, I very much appreciate you know taking the time to talk through that because it's not every day you get to talk to someone that's going through the provinces like you're doing in Argentina <laughs> and, and painting it. It's like wow, that is something very different from. <laughs> What most people do. <laughs> yeah. So I very much yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it's hard to explain to people what I do. Yeah, yeah. And I hope, I, you know, you've got, a, you've, you've got so much, so many other, besides the paintings, so many other things that you'll, that'll 
you know, go off of what you're doing. Um, I know. It must be hard not to just start in on those too, you know? It is. It is. And it's hard not to try to do everything. Like I'm, I get super, super excited and I, and that's like my biggest, um, probably Achilles heel is that I want to do everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, I really, like, honestly, I sometimes can't believe that this is, that I'm doing this and that I have the opportunity to do this and that people, you know, the people that back me on the, the Kickstarter project, like I sometimes just, you know, want to cry. I'm so grateful for, for what they did because it's just, you know, like these people believed in me and trusted that I could do this. And, you know, they kind of had nothing to go on other than like, Hey, I got this really cool idea. Wouldn't it be cool if I did this? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, everybody rallied and, and like, um, so many people helped me get that, get that done, um, and in innumerable ways, like financially and morally and getting the word out was just incredible. Like, and, and it's just, it makes me feel really humble, humble, really, really grateful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one, I, I. I can, the only way I can connect, uh, anything that I've done is traveling across country and, you know, having, uh, my car break down and there was a part that was needed, but it was Sunday and, and the person opened up the store and got me the part, even though they were typically closed and they just happened to be in the restaurant, stuff like that, where people just reach out and they kind of like, when you're in that tra- traveling moment, uh, that, that I see those things happen more often, but I think when you're doing something like outside of the norm, like what, what you've done and just go for it, people see that and they want to do it too. And so, uh, I mean, that's just my thought process anyway. They want to do it too. And so you're being able to do it. They're like, great, you're doing it. Let me, let me support you with that because you know, I want to, I want to be a part of it. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's it's really kind of restored my faith in humanity. You know, we like if you if you're reading the news, you see all this horrible stuff. But when you once you get out there, and it, you know, people are good. Yeah, people are. <laughs> well, people, are good. people people are like that. Well, they'll they'll open the store to help you out. Um, you know, to get that part so you can keep going, or they'll you know, like people. I think I think there needs to be more of that of realizing that that. That we hear more about the bad things, but what's what's good in the world is is far, far, far outnumbers all that crap that you that you had. Right, right, right. It's connecting with people that are doing that and 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 sharing the stories, and and so you you know kind of offset those news moments or whatever that has to sell the paper or you know sell the advertisement on TV or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Well, great. I thank you very much for, um, Oh my God, no, it's fun. And that's, you know, and I, I like talking about it for that reason. Like when I see people get excited about it in terms of thinking what they can do with it, I get, I love that. It makes me so happy. Like, I'm just like, go, 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 do it, do it, do it. You can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause people, you know, like, the worst thing that you know, like really as scared as I get sometimes, everybody gets scared and I get scared about this. But you know, the reality is if I blow it, 
But the worst—that's the worst thing that can happen, right? And and it's not so bad. Like it's not the end of the world. The best thing that can happen is that you believe in yourself and you do what you set out to do, and you accomplish. You know, you're, you may not like precisely have to accomplish the dream that you had or do what you exactly what you wanted, but you did something, and you pushed yourself, and you did something really really cool. And so I think when people do that, like I I love it. I get so excited for them. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, it's it's finding that that thing that that wild and crazy idea and just going for it and uh, having some faith in the process that'll happen at the end of it and the people you'll meet and you know uh, it yeah like you said it might not turn out exactly but you will have gone for it and you will always gain a lot. Uh, in return from just reaching out beyond your boundaries, definitely. Yeah, and you, I mean, and it, it is a little bit, like, you build the confidence to do those, those crazy ideas. So, um, <clears throat> so like, you know, your first crazy idea might be to start a business. It might be to write, you know, start your blog. It might be to write a book. It might be to quit your job and become a painter. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, whatever it, whatever it is, at that moment, it seems crazy because it's outside of your comfort zone. It's not actually crazy. It's just something you haven't done before. So right. Go do it. Right. Right. You were born. I mean, that was crazy, right? <laughs> you learned how to walk, yeah. You yeah. fell down and got back in. So. Yeah. Nice. That concludes our podcast here with Creative Habits. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Antrice has tons of paintings to show for her project. You can view her website at antrice.com.